0: Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, who would you rather have? Well, we have a different spin on that age-old question on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. Hey, everybody. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times, along with our producer Steve Versnick We are moving ever closer to Super Bowl 52 in Minneapolis. Rick Stroud is headed up there on Sunday. You know what, Rick? I was looking at this today before we get into our topic of the day, which is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I was thinking about this the other day. Minneapolis, where I worked for three years. I was there from 2000 to 2003. And we talk about big events. We've got a big event coming to town this weekend. Tampa Bay uh, will host the NHL All-Star Game. In Minneapolis in 1991, during an 11-month stretch, I was looking at a story about this This is before I got there. During an 11-month stretch from 1991-92, they hosted, check this out, the Final Four, which was like in March of that year. And then that spring, the Minnesota North Stars were still in Minnesota. They reached the Stanley Cup Final. That summer, Minnesota hosted the PGA Championship, quickly followed by the World Series, which the Twins went to, and then the following uh, uh, January, the Super Bowl. I don't, did you attend that Super Bowl in I
1: did, Tom. It was a highlight of my career. <laughs> 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 like, um, can you
0: imagine as a newspaper I mean we, we no, get all it's crazy we get all geared up for a big event like the all-star game we have all kind of special stuff yeah. in, the, in the Tampa bay times and on tampa bay.com this weekend coming up with like five of those in an 11 month span is incredible
1: I did a couple of them I didn't do the final four they you know the year before that they had the regional final in Minneapolis I did that. And that's the first time I've gotten off a plane in like late March, early April, and it, there was snow on the ground. I thought that was so bizarre. <laughs> I didn't know it could happen. I really did. I thought, like, this is, I'm in another, I don't know, country or something. And then, um, but that Super Bowl was uh, was unique because I had never experienced cold like that before. And and they had me doing an atmosphere piece um, for because I was not the main, you know, guy. Obviously, we sent yeah. columns, a bunch of, we used to send, you know,
0: you sent four, four or people. five
1: people, yeah. Yeah, it was insane. The money was flowing anyway. Um, so I was my job was to go out on the Saturday before the Super Bowl and yeah, do a little atmosphere. Well, you know, <laughs> it the high that day was zero, and zero to me is not a temperature because it's zero. I mean, That's it's right. you is know, is I don't even know is that, is that is that freezing or is that like one degree below freezing? No, it's zero. Um, but you know, and you would know this having lived there, the St. Paul Ice Festival. Yes. which is crazy. Um, on some lake that they have it out there, and there's thousands of people, and the dog sled and, and sure. all kinds of stuff. And and I, you know, it was a beautiful day, other than the fact that the high was zero. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, was, it turned out to be a pretty, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty good Super Bowl. I mean, they pulled it off. Gloria Stefan, I want to say, was a halftime entertainer. It was a long time ago, but um. But I'd never thought that I would see another Super Bowl in Minnesota. I just didn't think that was possible.
0: Well, you know the thing was about that year too. And I'm sure you remember this as well because you saw it there when you got off because it looked like a sort of looked like a freezer. that needed defrosting when you when you got off yes. the plane. But I remember that year. Uh, I, I heard stories about it anyway from the people I worked with in Minneapolis that the Twins won the World Series in '91. With that, uh, it was a great series against the the Atlanta Braves. Remember Game Seven, Jack Morrison. And uh, John Smoltz pitched this incredible game, 10 innings, 0 0. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the day after they had to parade, or two days later, like either the day after or two days later, they had to parade. And the night of the parade, you know, so they had to parade in the morning. Mm -hmm. And the night, that night, it started to snow. And it didn't stop snowing for about 24 hours. And they got like 30 inches of snow or something crazy. And this was like October 31st, November 1st, somewhere around there. And people never saw their grass again. Until yeah. the following April, it was well. Funny
1: you mentioned it, that was yeah. the great Halloween uh, blizzard, right?
0: That's right. I believe that's and, right. Yeah.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, because I was there again for this great <laughs> event, uh, the Buccaneers happened to be playing the Minnesota Vikings that weekend. I think I have to look it up, but I'm almost certain because I think I think Tom that weekend they had 44 inches of snow.
0: That sounds about right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some, something insane, and it, and it literally there were drifts that were you know 12 15 feet high on buildings and stuff but it was just crazy i mean i you know and of, of all people you know a bunch of here comes a florida team um which you know was just weird but yeah it's uh it's a di- it's a different place but you live there you en- you enjoy it. look it's a great sports it. town it's a phenomenal sports town
0: no, I absolutely love. living there. The people are great and like the movie Fargo, it, it's that's it's dead on to be quite honest with you. Yeah, yeah, no nah. people are great now they Don't really you know are. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh but it's a great sports time. but here's my thing. Rick and I I stand by this. If you can't grow a palm tree, you shouldn't host a, you shouldn't host a, a, a super Bowl. <laughs> it's a good rule. You need to have a palm tree in order to it's have it. It's a good you know. rule. Now, look in Minneapolis, and that's a great stadium. We both were there this this past oh, year. Yeah. Um that's it's an unbelievable stadium. And except
1: that where it's located,
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it's located, it's in a freezer, it's in the middle of a freezer. So, uh, I I long for the days, Rick, when it's my it might look basically Tampa, Miami, yeah, New Orleans, I mean, down at the Arizona, Rangers, LA, Arizona, yeah. LA, and now we're yeah. pretty much done yep. at that point. Yep, um, but that you know, money to be made, and the league will continue doing that. No, it. Got, build,
1: a, build a stadium, you get it. If, if, if Anchorage, Alaska gets an NFL team, <laughs> there will be a Super Bowl there, I assure you.
0: Could you ever see like them taking it to London or something like that someday? Mm,
1: no, well, no, I don't see that because I think it's it's sort of an American holiday, if yeah. you will, in this mm-hmm. country. I think it'd be, I can see them doing something over there. I mean, I still I still maintain they're going to have an NFL team there. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but I a Super Bowl, mm, no, not likely.
0: They can have the Pro Bowl. How about we give them the Pro? Bowl? Oh, sure. Because I, I don't want it, and yeah. they could have all our exhibition games as well. How yeah, About that. Well, as well,
1: Jacksonville was giving up three regular season games a year there for a while.
0: That's right. That's right. So I asked at the top of the podcast, Rick, the old, the age-old question: Who would you rather have, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? And we'll get into it a little bit later on this podcast about who's more responsible for the success of the New England Patriots—is it Belichick or Brady? But I have a different twist on this, if you will. So I was thinking about uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks and how this applies to the Tampa Bay Bucks. If I gave you the the chance, you're the Glazers, mm-hmm. and I'm giving you this opportunity right now, or Jason mm-hmm. Light, for that matter. Right. And this is for one year. We're not talking about what this means for the future of the franchise. Right. What this We're means. not building
1: the club yet. Yeah. Right.
0: We're not starting like how will they look five years from now. But this if I next gave year. you the next year, one year only, it's a one year deal. Okay. I'm going to give you this option. I can either trade you Bill Belichick, the head coach of the Patriots for Dirk Cutter, even up, or I can trade you Tom Brady for Jameis Winston. So ultimately, here's what your choices are, Rick. Would you rather have if you're the Tampa Bay Bucks, Bill Belichick is your coach with Jameis Winston as your quarterback. Right. Or would you rather have Dirk Cutter as your coach and Tom Brady as your quarterback? Mm-hmm. So I go back and forth on this because I think it's not an me. interesting question. <laughs> oh, really? It, I'll let you go since you haven't seemed to have. A it's it's a
1: really good question. and I, I love the exercise because these are the sorts of things that make you make you really have to think and grind about it. And this would not normally be my typical answer to a lot of these these sort of. Uh, Belichick, Brady, um, you know, who would you rather have deals. I would say the the way you presented it is really interesting. For a one-year only, um, I don't even think it's close. I think I think it's Belichick. And the reason I say that, and, and this is going to sound like I'm picking on the goat a little bit, maybe I am, because I, I think Brady is great. But I think there's been a lot of great quarterbacks that didn't have the opportunity to play, you know, for a great coach like Belichick and a great organization, because I I still believe great organizations win. Now, part of it is they know who to hire, right? Right. But, you know, there's been – I mean, there's been quarterbacks, say – let's take Carson Palmer, for example, right? Okay, yeah. Carson Palmer, I mean, you could go Dan Marino if you want, but Shula had his time and all that. But, you know, Carson Palmer, like if you look at him numbers – I mean, he was – who knows what he could have done. I don't know if he'd have been Tom Brady – but he, he went to a bad organization in Cincinnati. Right. To another bad organization in Oakland. Goes to Arizona at the end of his career and has some injuries. But still, still was always, you know, pretty good, if not very good at times. Mm-hmm. But I think you can do that with so many quarterbacks. And what I'm saying is, you know, Belichick and coaching, as I've you know, everybody says, well, you know, you gotta have the quarterback, and that's true. It's a coach quarterback league. But they don't say it's a quarterback coach league. The coach affects every side of the ball. The coach affects how people practice, how the how the coaches coach. Um, you know, in the case of Belichick, and we're talking about him specifically. You know, the ability to to figure out who are the right pieces, what free agents they want. Um, you know, how how what roles guys are going to play. I just think that I just think there there has not been a better guy. Uh, in the NFL that's that's able to do all the things you have to do as a head coach and keep a team so incredibly focused. I mean, there's a reason why they have all these comebacks, and it's because they don't beat themselves. And and, and really, in the NFL, I, you know, I think it's, it's kind of cliche, but it's true. As, as many games are lost as they are won. Absolutely. You know, t- teams are going to make mistakes and make a bunch of mistakes, and they'll beat themselves. But with the New England Patriots, you always have to beat them. They're yes. they're rarely going to do something penalty, um, turnover, um, you know. Look at me play,
0: or and uh, you have to. And if you give them a chance, they'll take it. I look at last and they, year as the, exactly as the Super Bowl is a perfect example that yes they were down twenty eight to three, and I hate you know look New England or Atlanta did everything they needed to do to get up twenty eight to three, but then they blinked. They, they changed blink. the way they were playing. They should they changed, have kicked they got a field goal, go up yeah. three
1: scores. Well, I mean, in some ways, I thought they were a little too, you know, a little not as conservative as they needed to be. But, um, you know, dropping back and getting, you know, getting right. sack, fumbles, and things like that with a twenty-eight to three lead, yeah. If you give them the smallest little opening, you know, a pass interference penalty, um, a roughing the passer, mm-hmm. just any little thing, you know, third and eighteen, like we saw. <laughs> I was just
0: thinking about that play know, yeah, in, the third Jackson, and in the
1: Jacksonville game. You know, they will absolutely um, rip your heart out with it, and. You know, and then you think you think of Belichick and just, you know, the assistance that he's had and all the way he's gotten it done with different guys, you know, from Josh McDaniels to Charlie Weiss to Bill O'Brien. It doesn't seem to matter. He is the, the constant. He is. He does everything better than everybody else. He sets the tone for the program and everything else seems to fall in line. So, yeah, for one year, I'll take Belichick.
0: It's interesting that you say that because and I agree with everything you just said there except for the, the which guy I'm taking <laughs> or which trade I would make and and the reason I said it, and it's odd because we did a this exercise in the Tampa Bay Times a few weeks ago where I or actually it was when New England came to town I, I believe yeah and we did a roundtable at our office and when we put it in a paper and they said um, who's more responsible for the the Patriots success is it Brady or Belichick and I said Belichick then because of all the reasons you just stated right there you perfectly captured it Having said that, if you offered me the trade of I could either trade Belichick for Cutter or I could trade Brady for Winston, I would trade Brady for Winston. And the reason I say that is because I think the gap between Brady and Winston is Mm. much greater than the gap between Belichick and Cutter. And it's not that I think that, Mm. you know, Dirk Cutter's, you know, I mean, I think Dirk Cutter's a pretty good offensive mind. I think Mm. if you were to give him Tom Brady, he would do way more than what he's been able to do with Jameis Winston. That, that's not necessarily a, a huge criticism of Jameis Winston because you compare Tom Brady to anybody, and yeah. Tom Brady's going to win that argument. Um, but Winston is still at such a young part of his career. Yeah, there's and he's still fifteen good. years difference. Yeah, there, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's he's, he's just he's twenty four years old. I know we hate to keep saying well, he's only twenty four, or whatever he is, twenty three. Um, but I just my thing is, if you were to put Tom Brady on this team this season. I think the Bucks go from winning five games to maybe to maybe eight or nine or ten wins. Now if mm. you gave them Bill Belichick, would they win that many? I'm not so <laughs> sure, but my, <laughs> my I guess so I guess ultimately what I'm saying is yeah, the gap between Brady and Winston is so much greater than the gap between Belichick and Cutter that mm-hmm. I would take at this point. I would take Brady over The only reason
1: over, I say this oh, is that, you know, with respect to quarterbacks, isn't it just luck in some ways where they wind up
0: Oh absolutely. Who they,
1: who they, I mean look you know, for example, you know, and I don't know how great Marcus Mariota could be or may be, right? Mm-hmm. He's on his third head coach. You know? And and yeah. he's made the playoffs, but he's on his third head coach. Um you know, we know there's great quarterbacks that you know Dan Marino made one Super Bowl, and he had Don Shula for God's
0: sakes. I give you uh, a perfect comparison, Rick. Who who had the better career, or who off the top of your head, who do you th- who do you think had the better career? Eli Manning or Philip Rivers? And this is, ba- I mean, the, Eli Manning, one. very close. You know, he basically refused to go to San Diego. So that's he ended a up great with comparison, Philip Rivers, and I think we all would agree. Although Philip Rivers has put up really good numbers in his career, that yeah. you know Manning's a Hall of Famer. I don't, I'm not sure Rivers is. You know, so I go
1: see and I think he is and I don't even think it's close and and I I eventually think he'll get in the Hall of Fame. But you're right in terms of their success. You wouldn't you don't you would get way down the list before you get to Philip Rivers when you start listing iconic, you know, possible Hall of Fame quarterbacks just because he played for an organization that had a lot of turnover at the head coaching position that just didn't really surround him with a lot every year and. That's why he's Phillip Rivers, and that's what I mean. There's a lot of guys that were really, really good that could have been Hall of Fame players without any question. Some of them may still go, but the reason they're not is that they they just didn't have Bill Belichick or they didn't have a great organization behind them, and I, I just think that's just... I mean, we, we've experienced here in Tampa Bay, you know, and I'm not saying, you know... You know, look, I mean, Doug Williams was pretty good. He won a Super Bowl with Washington, okay? That's one thing, but Steve Young... Does Steve Young ever in his life become an MVP or a Super Bowl champion if he plays his entire career in Tampa?
0: I can't see it. No. I know. I mean no who way. knows how things turn around and if he alone can change the organization, but I agree with that. I don't think so. And by the same token, if Tom Brady had started his career here in Tampa Bay,
1: he's not I'd, Tom Brady.
0: He's not Tom Brady. Yeah.
1: Not a chance.
0: But not having, a chance. No, I I agree. And now if if Bill Belichick now let me ask you this, Rick. And Bill Belichick, he's not hes not an offensive guru by any means. I mean, he's sort of the CEO of the franchise and all that. And he puts people – he hires people and good people, and he delegates. Um, and he pays attention to the little details. If he were in Tampa Bay, with, would – would Jam- I, I don't know that Jameis Winston would be any further along. I don't know. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't than, than where he is now.
1: I, I think he would – I, I – mm. I think you got to accept that, that a lot of Brady's success is, is, is self-motivated and, and all those things. But I think, too, you got to admit that it's coaching. I mean, coaching, look at – I mean, there's a reason why, you know, the Bucks have struggled. They haven't found the right coach. Or if they have, they haven't stuck with them, and we don't know it. Um, when Tony Dungy was here, they won. They found a way to win. When John Gruden was here, they won a Super Bowl. You know, and you can do that with almost any place. You know, and I, I don't. You know, the good organizations know who to hire. They hire the right people. They get out of the way, and those guys thrive. But, um, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot, and you're right. Like Dirk, how much more does Dirk Cutter know if you had Tom Brady than, than Bel- Belichick knows at this point? At this point in his career, Belichick, you know, Brady pretty much knows what he needs to know. Right. But, but to to have a program, and to have, you know, I mean. There's quarterbacks that, you know, Drew Brees can throw for 6,000 yards and did for three straight years and went 7-9. and Mm -hmm. And he had a pretty good coach in Sean Payton, but he wasn't Bill Belichick. He You know, they didn't have that guy that could put the pieces around him until this year Mickey Loomis and them got kind of lucky at the draft a little bit and they end up with two, you know, Pro Bowl players and off they go. Um, So, you know, quarterbacks – you know, there's a lot of great – you don't make it to the NFL unless you're good, but there's a lot of really good quarterbacks that didn't become Tom Brady, and
0: I think it's because they didn't end up playing for the Patriots. Well, let me ask you this then. Okay, let's let's sort of take it the other way. I wasn't anticipating going in this direction, but we looked at this from the Bucks' point of view. Who, Which, mm-hmm. which trade would you rather have? If you look at it from the Patriots' point of view, now I'm starting to swing to your way where I think I, I would rather keep, keep Belichick – and and have Jameis Winston as my quarterback as opposed to bringing in Dirk Cutter and Tom Brady as my quarterback? I don't know. I don't know. Now, now I'm starting to go back and forth on that as well. I mean, in other uh, words, it, if you're the Patriots, what would you do?
1: Yeah, I think if you're the Patriots, mm, great question. It's just that they're at so different places in their careers. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. Like Brady, You know, for one year, knowing what he knows and, and, and how he plays, if you could put him on the same team that's already built – by Belichick and not Cutter or not Jason Light, but actually right. the one they have now, I, I think you'd probably want Brady because I don't know that I don't know that Jameis at this stage is an, it, I don't I don't know that any coach you might win a division probably get in the playoffs. I don't know if he's going to win a Super Bowl, you know.
0: Even uh, in I New just, England, because, well, here's yeah. what I, here's what I look at though, Rick. I mean, I look at the times that Brady hasn't been there. You know, Matt Castle when the year he tore up his. Yeah. This is, now we're going way back now. And Matt Castle. But you know what? They
1: didn't make the playoffs.
0: They won twelve games. No, they did. And they games. won they won eleven games and went eleven to five. They didn't make the playoffs. But then Matt Castle never did a whole bunch after that. No. Now you can look at in the time he was suspended, and I realize that you're a, you're looking at a very small sample size. But Garoppolo won a game, Jacoby Brissett won a couple of games. Yeah. Um without, you know, with, with with Brady being out of the lineup. So if yep. you were to put Jameis Winston in that situation, and I think I think we'd agree that Jameis Winston, at least at this point, was further along than than Garoppolo was a year ago at this time, and that more mm. certain. Okay, maybe not, but I think he's a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. Yes, you know, and and Brissett was able to go two and one. Now I know a lot of factors play in who you're playing and that sort of thing, but uh, boy, you put you put Jameis Winston on New England. I don't know that they're thirteen and three. I don't know if they come back and beat Jacksonville in the AFC Championship game. I don't know that they're playing in the Super Bowl this week, but they're in the playoffs. I think Jameis Winston gets that team into the playoffs with Belichick right. as his coach. No,
1: I think they're. De- I, I think. I think they definitely uh, probably win the AFC East, and and then you go from there. And and then you know playoff pressure is different than the regular season, and he doesn't have that experience. So, you know, like I said, these guys are in different spots in their careers, but I still. I mean, and I think Jameis has a chance to be really, really good still. But he, you know, he might be that guy too, Tom. That we'll look back like we have other quarterbacks and say, you know, he went to a bad organization. Yeah, you know, if James, and, and that happens to number one overall pick sometimes. But you know, maybe he's the Steve Young of the next Steve Young of the Buccaneers. You know, it, maybe it he does, Maybe he plays four years, and they don't. You know, the fifth year he doesn't get the option, or they don't. Pay him the $19 million or whatever they would owe him. And he ends up going someplace else and plays, you know, until he's 38 years old and wins three Super Bowls.
0: I mean, or I he, think could, or a he could turn into Vinnie Testaverdi where where who well, he Vinny, plays twenty years, <laughs> plays twenty with with a hundred different teams, and but has up, a really good career, yeah. huge numbers, never wins anything really necessarily, right. but right you know, has a has a solid NFL career, certainly not an embarrassing NFL right. career, and, and not considered a flop by any, by any stretch of the imagination. Right, it's it's interesting, you know. I mean, and look, Rick, this is classic podcast talk. You know, Brady or Belichick, which one would you rather have, and all that. I mean, is it even fair at this point? to, to try to separate. I mean, we're, we're always looking to see who deserves more of the credit. Is this Belichick's mm-hmm. team and Brady's just part as a system quarterback or is or is Bill Belichick, a hall of fame coach, because he yeah, has the greatest quarterback that's ever lived. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe they can't be separate. Maybe they are peanut butter and jelly that one simply isn't better without the other, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I, I think there's so much of their history is tied to each other that you really can't, you know, at this point. Um, you know, and there have been examples like you mentioned with, with Matt Castle. But I I still think that that the 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 combination of the two of them coming together at the right time and I had forgotten this too, like some you reminded me today, you know, about the Tuck Rule game. And mm-hmm. um that was an actual divisional playoff game. It wasn't the AFC championship. Right. And um <laughs> I tell you what, man, why don't you just rip my heart out? Yeah, you know I mean, let's stop this podcast right now, okay? You can talk about the Tuck Rule. Are you kidding me?
0: Hey, if that doesn't um, happen, does he come to Tampa Bay? Do you
1: think? No, okay. no, he doesn't. He he does not because he's in the AFC Championship game and may have gone to the to the Super Bowl and won it. And I remember, uh, you know, that was such a controversial game, but um, John Gruden was a rock star at that time. That's still him, man. He's going to say and at he, that time. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, he just signed for $10 million a year for 10 years. If well, <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's, that's not a rock star. he got like Jagger, man. He yeah, he's Mick Jagger right now. You, I'd rather be <laughs> Bon Jovi, you know what I mean? <laughs> um but you know he walked into the, the the Super Bowl that year was at the uh was at the Superdome in Louisiana and the Bucks were trying to hire a head coach and it would take them another 30 something days and Rich McKay thought he had it wrapped up with Marvin Lewis and the Glazers said no, he's too much like Dungy. But I remember John Gruden walking into a party. You know, the NFL used to have a big party with the owners, and we we actually got tickets to go as writers back then. That never happens now. And when he walked in, he, I mean, it was incredible. Like, he had, a, you know, it was, like, it was like a scene out of Entourage or something. <laughs> I mean, he was that, you know, he was a young, I mean, what was he, 32 at that time or something like that, 31, and had just, you know, had the Raiders man and, you know, tuck rule and all that. And you could just you could just tell that you know this guy was going to be was going to sure. be special, and he but, actually wound up going to Tampa.
0: But at, but at the time you were saying you were, you'd forgotten about this with with Brady and Belichick, and and that's yeah, but sort uh, of how the, that whole thing started?
1: Yeah, and the whole thing started was the fact that uh, you know Brady played in the Tuck Rule game and won it, and then if you recall, in the AFC Championship game. Brady got hurt in the first half. That's right. Yep. He hurt his ankle. And against Bledsoe Steel, came believe, in and the beat Steelers, the Steelers. And Bledsoe yeah. came in and won. And there was a debate about who was going to start the Super Bowl. Now it didn't last long. Right. They wound up starting Brady, of course. But, you know, that was a that was a weird deal too. Like I'd completely forgotten that, like, you know, Brady didn't play in the AFC championship game but for like one half. Let, not that leads, even a half.
0: That leads me into the to the second half of our podcast discussion today, Rick, which is looking at some of the other quarterbacks that were involved in the AFC championship games, starting with Nick Foles. Now. This was a guy in Philadelphia a couple of years ago who had a really good season with, what, Chip Kelly, right, was his quarterback? Yeah, 27 was touchdowns,
1: coach? two interceptions.
0: Two interceptions, just incredible. It looked like, okay, they're set for a while with their quarterback. And then things didn't work out, and he made the trade, and end ended up getting Sam Bradford, and then that didn't pan out. Now Nick Foles ends up coming back. He's the backup to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has a spectacular season, arguably an MVP type, of, at least in the conversation. I don't know that he wins the MVP, but he's probably at least you know in the top five. Um, and, and a big reason why the Eagles have turned things around this year. And, and then he gets hurt with just a couple of games left. Foles comes in and doesn't play very well down the stretch, has one really awful game, I think, against the Cowboys, but plays a little bit better each and every week, and then was absolutely sensational in the NFC Championship when they had things rolling against the Vikings. Let's say, Rick, let me just throw this out there. Let's say they go in and they have a spectacular game uh, a week from Sunday in Super Bowl 52. They beat the Patriots. Nick Foles is the MVP of the game. He throws for, you know, 380 yards and four touchdowns, and they win the Super Bowl. What happens to Nick Foles? He's not their quarterback <laughs> next year, right? No, there's no, no way. No, not a Carson chance. Wentz is their quarterback, right? No, of as course soon as he is. he gets up again. So what happens to Nick Foles?
1: Uh, he probably becomes a – I don't know. I don't think he's under contract next year. I'd have to check that. I should know when you ask this question. But he'll, he's going to become a, a very uh, sought-after free agent, I would imagine. Um, you know, I, I – Look, no, Carson Wentz has that job. There's a reason why he was the starter. They just they had a very, very good backup. I mean, and it took him a while, you know, in talk and and reading some stuff that you know Doug Peterson had said that you know when he started playing, you got it's almost like it's almost like the preseason. You know, his first couple games, two three games, were really rough, right? And he got better as as it went along, and then they got better with him because he's still doing some of the Chip Kelly things. I mean, if you go back and watch that you know championship game you know they start out with him doing read option throws you know rpos and you know um run pass option type stuff where he can just you know key on the defensive end and make quick throws and get him in rhythm right away and that was such a great game plan that um you know they've kind of adapted now to what what he actually does really well so i credit peterson for that so he's not he's not your every he's not gonna be great for every team um, you're going to have to adapt your offense around what he does, um, and Chip Kelly certainly figured that out, and you know that's why he worked for him, you know, with the with the one great year he had. Um, but I, I mean. He's not the youngest guy in the world, but I think the guy could play some pretty high level football if, if he was with the right team.
0: No, I agree too, and I I don't know that I I seriously doubt that he would stick around in Philadelphia as a backup, um, and they're probably not going to pay him. Not if to he gets a that. chance to start. Yeah, not if he gets a chance to start, the other two guys, Rick, that were in the in the championship games, Blake Bortles and Case Keenum, mm. and if you look at both of those guys, they had a nice seasons. Certainly, Bortles played better as the season went along. There was criticism all year long about whether or not he was their future. And there's yeah. still some question mark about whether he's future. And Case Keenum, like Rick, let's face it, the only reason he was there is because not one guy got hurt. Two guys got hurt in Minnesota. They lost, of course, Teddy Bridgewater going back a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then Sam Bradford Same. they brought in to be the starter. And, mm-hmm. and he ended up getting hurt fairly early on. So they brought in Case Keenum almost in desperation. And he yeah. turned out to have just a spectacular season. So good, Rick, that I can't imagine that the Vikings would now not start Case Keenum as their quarterback next year. Doesn't he have to be your guy, or or do you guys seriously look at, at at either Bridgewater or Sam Bradford? Because I know they like Bridgewater a lot still, even though he had the injury.
1: Yeah, there was a time when I thought Keenum was going to turn into Kurt Warner, and he didn't. And I think the I think the last game in particular probably hurts him. Um, in the big yeah, the picture,
0: championship game. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. He threw a horrible interception and.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, he he turned the ball over. Um, you know, he competed, but he, he looked he looked like a backup quarterback to me. And to the point where some people were suggesting maybe they should have put Bradford in because he was healthy again. Um that's a tough one. Uh I don't I it wouldn't surprise me, Tom, to be honest with you, if Minnesota had a quarterback that wasn't any of those three. Really? You know, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look, I this mean this team's it, it, ready to go.
0: This team's ready to win now though, you know. I mean it's Well, not, they I'm are. Sure
1: they but they are, but it's not like the quarterback is is necessarily the reason they win. Um true. You know, even though Keenum had a great year, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like look, he didn't go out there and throw 40 touchdown passes and three interceptions. I mean, it wasn't that, that kind of year.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Um but they're still they're going to get Dalvin Cook back. They're still going to run the ball with McKinnon and well, McKinnon might be a free agent, but they're going to run the ball and they're going to play great defense. I mean, Mike Zimmer's always, you know, Championship game notwithstanding, maybe the worst game plan you've ever seen, but yeah, he's geez, not. Boy. You know, there's there's still going to be a defensive run the ball team, and so for that reason, I think, you know, I think I think they might, you know, want to look long term because I I think this is a team they think is going to compete for a number of years and is I mean just say it over and over again. Case Keenum is Case yeah. Keenum. The I guy? mean,
0: but I mean, like, but would are you upgrading all that much if you go after say? Alex Smith or somebody like that. Is that are you really upgrading uh, that? I mean I,
1: mean, I mean, I mean, maybe Kirk Cousins, and we might as well have this discussion now because I know it's coming with Blake Bortles.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. Um, because I'm looking Blake, at Jacksonville, Rick. Blake Bortles had a nice. He, you know, I, I really liked the way he played in the playoffs. And they yes. sort of, and they didn't necessarily play around him in the nope. Pittsburgh game or the New England game. They let him make mm-hmm. some plays. They let him get comfortable. They I thought they did a really nice job calling game plans for him. But yet yeah. there's something that tells me, Rick, that he's still not the long-term answer there in, in, in Jacksonville. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I've just i seen enough over the last previous couple of years that boy, I, yeah. I don't know that, I'm gonna, that I can count on him to win me a big game when I need my quarterback to win me a game.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think they move on from him. Um, first of all, he's under contract, so if they want him, he's theirs. But they've they picked up the fifth-year option. The problem is the fifth-year option is $19 million. Oh, man. So there's no way. In hell, in my opinion, that they're paying this guy almost twenty million dollars. This is a Jacksonville team that's predominantly young. They think they can be in it for a number of years, make a number of runs, and unfortunately, they've already got Blake Bortles fatigue in Jacksonville. Yeah, you know, is you know, it's fun to say, well, he was a guy that was disrespected, and you know, you you know, we can make fun of our quarterback, but no one else can make fun of our quarterback, <laughs> right. which everybody did, um, but. I just, I, I, I don't, I think they're going to look for um, one of these free agents. And I, I don't know that it'll be Alex Smith per se, but oh, I think you know, he's a
0: nice fit for them. I think he would be a, a nice fit.
1: Maybe an Alex Smith, maybe a Kirk Cousins, maybe somebody um, that's a little more dynamic that has a little more, you know, a little more going on. I mean, I, I, I just don't see, there's there's too much water under that bridge. It feels too much like Trent Dilfer to me, it feels too much, you know, like Testaverde. You know, without the playoff success, with me, um, so I and with the money that's involved, I mean, they could come to him and say, "Hey, take a would you take a salary dump yeah. and take less money?" But why would you do that if you're if exactly. you're Blake Bortles?
0: See the thing too with Tom Coffin, I think he's a smart enough football guy that he's not going to get sucked into the the momentum of things. In other words, no. you look at you know Blake Bortles, everybody's excited, like oh you can win with Blake Bortles. We almost, mm-hmm. you know, we beat the Steelers and we almost beat, uh, we almost beat New England and we just were a player two away. And you sort of get caught up into this idea that okay, you're way better than you really are. And I think Tom Coughlin is a smart enough executive where he's like, eh, he'll make an honest assessment. Of well, here,
1: here, they, they, the tell came in that game if you really think about it, and and this is really all you need to know about why Jacksonville lost and why New England won. In some respects, uh, Jacksonville was up, I want to say, fourteen to ten, and they had the ball. New England had just scored. They had the ball mm-hmm. with fifty-five seconds left and three timeouts. Two timeouts. Okay. Two timeouts. Two but You're timeouts.
0: right. Still, lot. So, they're, so
1: you basically got to move it about. Yeah. Forty five yards for a field goal, right? Absolutely. They took a knee twice and went in the locker room. Now, there's only in my mind, in my mind, there's only one reason you do that, and that is you don't trust the quarterback.
0: I can't think of very it's many other teams, the Only Rick, reason. If new and I realize I'm comparing them to the GOAT, but if you give if New England had that situation, or Pittsburgh, or, or Tampa, even, or Tampa Bay. We've seen it with Tampa Bay. Now, I know they had the one game against Atlanta. I think maybe a year ago where they shut it down late. now. But I think if you gave right now fourteen to ten in New England AFC Championship, or and Jameis Winston was your yeah, absolutely, you're going for it. You're trying to make at least There's give no him a question. shot. Give him one play. Let's let's run one oh, play. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, happens.
1: you're going to get an easy completion in the flat and go from there and try to move. You know, try to move it up the field. But you're going to trust your guy. It wasn't even a thought for Doug Morone. It was like no nah, risk reward. And he even yeah. said it after the game. He's like, you know, the next day he's like, yeah, I I'm going to get criticized. That's just what I believe. Well, he believes that because Blake Bortles was his quarterback,
0: right? Absolutely. So uh, to
1: me, that's the tell.
0: Yeah, yeah. So of all those three quarterbacks—Foles, Bortles, Keenum—any of them come back next season? so there? T- well, the
1: odds—the odds would be that one of them does, but I—I <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Bortles. Um. Foles will not be the starter. I don't know what what his you know aspirations and or contract. I believe he's done. But uh, so I would probably say, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say probably not. Wow. Um. But 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 the but the law of averages says one of them probably will.
0: Well, probably yeah. And if if one of if one of them were to come back, my guess would be it'd probably be Bortles just because I don't know really. If could, yeah. I mean. See, I, I mean, would I'm say not, starting,
1: I I'm... would say Keenum, but only because I I I don't think that they're gonna trust Bradford because of his injury situation, and I don't know what they think of Bridgewater after hadn't played in two years.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to obviously see how he looks, but, boy, Keenum, I, I think you're right. It's funny that, yeah, and maybe it's not fair, but I think Keenum did a lot of damage with that <laughs> NFC Championship game. It wasn't, yeah. you know... Um, it, it it's funny because I saw people like by our buddy, you know, Jim Suen was tweeting out during the games. Like, well, I guess we're starting to get a good look about who's not going to be the quarterback uh, <laughs> of the Minnesota Vikings in 2018. So, yeah, uh, Sam so yeah, All part of the uh, interesting, uh, interesting storyline going in. Sure. The Nick Foles storyline is really interesting. Uh, also, too, big win for the Tampa Bay Lightning on, yeah, uh, man. on on Wednesday on Tuesday night. They are down with about two and a half minutes left. Stamkos with the goal. And then Stammer Yanni
1: with a one timer.
0: Yeah, with the one timer. Then Yanni Yanni Gord scores in overtime. Rick, this was, boy, they needed these two wins. Chicago, and Nashville, back to back. And I'm not sure they played extremely well in either game. Uh, I'm not sure that they're they're totally out of their doldrums quite yet. But boy, I mean, those are two nice wins on the road against two, especially
1: guys. against Nashville. Yeah. And and the thing is, they were going to lose that game. Um, or sure looked like it three to two on what was just a, an egregious non-goalie oh, interference call that, that, that was they allowed the goal, and so that would have particularly been painful. But you know what? This is what they were doing early in the year. This is what they've done the last two games. Um, whether it was Vasilevsky with forty saves and a shutout, or them just grinding one out today with a backup goaltender against a really good team, they found a way to win.
0: Yeah, you eight game road. This yeah, this eight game road trip's off to a good. Well, it's it's eight. It's I say eight games because it's it is eight games in a road. Uh, eight games broken in a row on the road, the but it's broken up by by the All Star rake. But mm-hmm. boy, it looked like it could be at a real crossroads for the season, and now they're two and one so far, and they go into Philly on yeah. Thursday night. So uh, and and Nashville's a place where they've really had difficulty winning over the past couple of. That's seasons. That's a good so, team too. Man. Yeah, and they are they are a real good team. Not a. Lightning caught a bit of a break as as uh, Pecorine was not in goal. But uh, but Vasilevsky didn't play for the Lightning, so it all evens up. A nice win for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks to our producer, Steve Versnick. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We appreciate it. Check us out on Twitter, at RickTomPodcast at NFL Stroud at Tom W. Jones. Next time that we get together, we'll do a little lightning round. We'll ask a bunch of questions and give our lightning round answers. And then as we uh, head into the weekend, we'll get you ready for the All-Star Game as well as uh, the Pro Bowl. We're going to break down a – no, we're not going to break down a Pro Bowl. <laughs> we got lots of football to talk. Rick's heading up to the Super Bowl, heading up to Minneapolis here over the weekend. So plenty to talk about. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.